So we're going to be talking about current events in light of prophecy. And how many of y'all know that God has a plan for history? I always say that every year. uh, He's got the date fixed for the rapture. It's fixed. And uh, so we're heading from a garden to a city with a cross in between. And there are different ages or dispensations that we're going through. Obviously, there was a new dispensation after Adam and Eve fell, you see. Then, of course, you have Israel, the church that we're in. We're the only temporary dispensation. Or, I'm sorry, Israel's the only one. That's why Israel is not finished. So the church is in between Israel and the 70th week of Daniel, which is the end of Israel's uh, period. And you have the events of the tribulation. In fact, there's a greater volume of scripture talking about the tribulation than any other time period in the Bible. I mean, you got Revelation chapters 4 through 19. Right there is a lot. And uh, so the book of Revelation kind of uh, puts in a order all of those stray prophecies from the prophets and puts them in a sequential order. And there's over 500 uh, allusions, never a direct quote in the book of Revelation, to Old Testament prophecy, prophets and Psalms as well. And so it gives you a, a framework for digging deep into the future. And so the rapture ends the church age. There'll be an interval of days, weeks, months, or years between the rapture because certain things have to happen. You have to have the, the restrainer will be gone. You have to have the rise of the ten nations. And then out of that comes the Antichrist. So you got to have the revived Roman Empire in Europe rise. And then the Antichrist comes from one of those. And then the treaty is made between Israel and the Antichrist. And that starts a tribulation period. So the rider on the white horse there in Revelation 6 is the start of the tribulation in the book of Revelation. And he comes to take peace from the earth, and he heads up that Western Confederacy we talked about. Israel is protected for the rest of the, for the first three and a half years, even though half of the world's population is killed during the first half of the tribulation. Uh, Israel is protected from the Antichrist. That's what we mean by that. And so you have the apostate church that I like to say, uh, Satan vomits into the tribulation, you know, Laodicean church. And then you have the Jewish Levitical system is revived. And the seal judgments and trumpet judgments, I believe, are in the first half. A lot of people think the trumpet judgments are in the second half, but I think Revelation is sequential. And in the middle, you have uh, chapters uh, t- uh, 10, 11. 12, 13, 14. And then you have the Satan is cast out of heaven by Michael the archangel at the midpoint. And you have the Antichrist is killed and resurrected. That's the word used in the book of Revelation. 
It's the same word used in the book of Revelation for Christ's resurrection. Satan doesn't do it. God does it. I mean, that's the only, he's the only one that can resurrect anybody. But he resurrects him because the Antichrist is the one who attracts the world's unbelievers to him. And so for that purpose, it's kind of like a magnet. And so he's cast down and he indwells the human Antichrist in the second half of the tribulation at the midpoint, which is why uh, the Bible tells Israel when you in Matthew 24, 15, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, flee. And Israel goes to Petra, the, or the Jews that are in Jerusalem and Judea area, flee to Petra, where God supernaturally protects them for three and a half years. And we know from the book of Zechariah that one-third of the Jews will be saved by the end of the tribulation because the condition for the second coming is Israel has to call on their Messiah to come get them. And so he purges out the non-elect so that at that point all Jews are believers. And on into the millennium there's not a single Jewish person who's not a believer throughout the thousand-year millennium as well. So the Antichrist becomes a world ruler in the second half. He's a regional ruler, I believe, in the first half. And he goes global in the second half. And Israel is persecuted, as I've already talked about. And the worship of Satan and the Antichrist is implemented in relation to the mark of the beast and that kind of stuff, which I'm sure everybody's heard about. And so you have, before the second coming, God starts pouring out his wrath, the most severe wrath in the bowl judgments. There's seven of those. And it results in Armageddon, which unfolds in eight stages, resulting in uh, the second coming of Christ, where he returns and rescues Israel. And it says if he didn't return, Israel would be wiped off the map because all the armies of the world come to attack Jerusalem and Armageddon. And it requires Jesus to come and speak a word. By the way, if you're a believer and we've been raptured there, we get to come back with him. And if you ever want to ride a horse, that's your chance. We'll be coming back with him. But he'll do all the work. So, you know, we'll just enjoy the 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 trip. So what we're seeing today, we're not in the tribulation. We're not in the tribulation yet. But we're seeing preparation for fulfillment of prophecy. I mean, probably about the only fulfillment is Israel coming back into the land, and that's still in the process of being fulfilled. And that's been going on for almost 100 years. Over, Actually, it started in 1882 when Jews started moving back. Of course, Israel became a nation in 48. And so the current church age, and toward the end of the church age, we're seeing preparation for fulfillment of Israel's prophecies. And so that when the church is vacated, then you see the, by the rapture, you then see the, Fulfillment, And so after the rapture in that interval that I mentioned, there'll be further preparation for the seven-year tribulation. And then that starts, as I mentioned, with the signing of the covenant 
between Israel and the Antichrist out of Europe. And you have the seven-year tribulation divided by three and a half years. And so that's when you see the fulfillment of hundreds of prophecies start. And then hundreds more into the millennium will be fulfilled. So the church age generally is not a time that's prophesied about, you see, that we're living in. There's just general trends about, in fact, do you know what the second most frequently mentioned topic in the New Testament is? It's about apostasy. I know a guy that wrote his doctoral dissertation at Dallas Seminary where I went, uh, and it's it's almost 600 pages. (laughs) And uh, he shows that it's the second most frequently mentioned topic topic and yet hardly anybody ever talks about it in churches of course that's because we're living in a time of apostasy but (laughs) nevertheless there are seven major passages that talk about that in the new testament most of them are at toward the uh, the the epistles that were written toward the end of the new testament period so oh i always forget jesus coming back there he comes and so we're seeing the stage being set we're seeing preparation for the 666. The, the Bible says it's 666. Three sixes could be just 18, right? But it's the number 666. Look it up. And you see Israel's back in the land after no country has ever gone 1,900 years from being out of the land and come back to their country other than Israel. That's why it's a mess over there. Never happened before. But God's preserved Israel all of these years as Jewish people. Unfortunately, much of that preservation has been through persecution. But they're back. Russia has a role to play. I don't know. There's nothing in the Bible about their current thing in, uh, what's that country? Ukraine, thank you. Uh, But whatever, they're still going to have enough left to lead an invasion in Israel, which I think will happen after the rapture during that interval before the tribulation starts. Could be, that's one of the most least solid views that I have is when that takes place, but that's what I think it is at that point. The temple. Those of you who've been to Israel probably went to the Temple Institute where the Jews increasingly every year more and more Jews want to see the temple rebuilt. And they've rebuilt the, what, 104, 105 different implements that are needed. They have the Kohanim figured out who the priests could be that's the only Jewish last name that preserves their tribe, you see. Uh, and they're ready to rebuild. In fact, uh, Randy Price and I wrote a book back in the 80s called Ready to Rebuild about efforts to rebuild the temple. And there's a lot been going on since then. <clears throat> Babylon, uh, you had until the early 1900s, you had empires and then in the 1800s you began to have the breakup of these empires and then they've reconstituted into nations again and Babylon has become a, a nation again 
And I think at some point in the tribulation, the Antichrist is going to have uh, his headquarters in Babylon. And globalism, boy, is that big today, right? Uh, we can't, that's why they uh, have the border open for people to come in, anybody to come in, because we're going to be a global people and there'll be no national boundaries, supposedly. At least that's how certain people think. And that's all that the elite talk about is globalism. And Jerusalem, the Jews took over Jerusalem in 1967. They lost it in in the war for independence. And for 19 years, the Arabs had control of Jerusalem. But since 67, Israel's had control of Jerusalem. And it's going to play, they will have control during the tribulation. It's very clear from the prophecies. And so they have that. And the whole Middle East situation, we've already been talking about that. You have the European Union is the forerunner to the Antichrist thing. I don't think the Antichrist can come from America. Even though many prophecy people have written books about every president that we've had is going to be the Antichrist. You know what I mean? And, uh, so, uh, you know, the, their favorite person that they love to hate in America. I'm sorry, an American's not going to be the Antichrist. Uh, it, it's got to be a European because he's from the revived Roman Empire. Now, apostasy is something that I've already mentioned, and that relates to the uh, the entire church age, how evil men and imposters will proceed from bad to worse, as the scripture says. And I don't know what percentage, but it's probably at between 85 to 90% of Christendom is apostate nowadays most forms of christianity have strayed from the faith and then you have the castless society i wrote a book called the coming castless society years ago and it's way outdated <laughs> and uh, I've, i'll talk about that a little more but uh, that's <clears throat> going to be how they control the economy and that's being set up even as we speak so we see this stage setting for the Gog-Magog invasion, uh, globalization and one world government, the caste of society, global persecution of Christians has already started. Do you know, since the year 2000, approximately 200,000 Christians die every year because of their faith? And pro- it won't be long before that's going to start including Americans, I believe. We see government control getting bigger and bigger. We see lawlessness. Oh, man, do we, in America, just the last two or three years has been out of this world. And we see anti-Israel increasing. And, uh, you know, read just the other day that uh, anti-Israel stuff, anti-Jewish stuff is up 60% in the last two years from what it's been. So Gog and Magog, Ezekiel 38:39. Uh, what happens when Gog and his armies attack Israel? I, I know this is an old one, but we go back to Mr. I can't get a job. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm a dinner job. And, uh, 
he held that big conference back in 2005 called The World Without Zionism. And I've, t- I've talked to Muslims, and they say they don't mind the nation of Israel. It's Zionism that they can't stand. Like, you know, it's some big world conspiracy, you know, that's trying to take over the world, you see. Well, I think they don't like Israel just as much, but that's what that guy told me once. So shattering the <coughs> democratic world because Islam is supposed to take over the world. And you look at the, the people that are involved, the nations involved in this uh, attack of Israel. Rosh is where the word Russia comes from. And so Russia is going to lead the pack. And then you have Magog, which are the Scythians, and the, that's the southern steppes of Russia. Then you have Meshech, which is Turkey. You have Tubal, which is part of Turkey. These, you have three or four parts of Turkey. You have Persia, which is Iran. I think it's just 75 years ago they changed their name from Persia to Iran. That's an easy one to identify. Oh, I just can't imagine Iran attacking Israel, can you? <laughs> you have Kush, which is Sudan or some, and or Somalia. You have Put, which is parts of Libya, Algeria, and Tunis in Africa. Gomer, not the one on that TV program. North Central Turkey. And then you have Togomar, which is Eastern Turkey. So, and it says, and others with them. So, these are the ones that are mentioned. And every one of these nations uh, is in league in some way or shape or form with Russia. In fact, it wasn't until just the last decade that Iran, Russia, and um, Turkey got together. So they're going to come from the north, it says, and attack Israel. And I, as I say, I believe it's going to happen after the rapture, but before the tribulation starts, or at worst case scenario, early on in the tribulation. And um, so Putin calls a meeting over Israel attack. Uh, amid the, this was in 2014. He said, amid the largest outbreak of violence between Israel and the Palestinian militants since 2014, since 2014 Turkey's President Tigran Erdogan and Russian President Vladimir Putin spoke on Wednesday regarding the growing conflict. According to the Turkish government, Erdogan and Putin conferred over the phone on potential responses to the violence as Turkey pushes for the greater international intervention against Israel. See, so there's those three major nations hanging out together and working together. So Putin's courting of Israel fades as ties turn bitter on Ukraine. And uh, Russia poised to close Jewish agency after three decades. This just came out earlier this month. They want to shut down their Jewish agency. A diplomat's spat, di- diplomatic spat comes amid Kremlin standoff with the U.S. At, on Ukraine. So apparently this Ukraine war is setting the stage for perhaps uh, the Gog-Magog thing in some way. I, I don't know. So after three decades of increasingly friendly ties, tension over President Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine 
are triggering the worst rift in relations between Russia and Israel since the Soviet Union's collapse. So, in, in a first, Turkey is included as a threat in IDF's annual assessment in 2019. So, they see Turkey as a military threat. How many of y'all remember uh, just 30 years ago, Israel, Turkey was Israel's best friend? Do you remember that? I do. And is, they used to let Israel's Air Force fly in Turkey, you know, to have more space and all that kind of stuff. They were buddies. And then the Muslims took over in Turkey. Because Turkey, if you may recall, was the first Islamic country to not be have an Islamic government 100 years ago. But now they're back to having Islamic governments, you see. And so that leads to the bad relationship with uh, Israel. So a Princeton study, by the way, these are headlines that I cut and pasted. I did not doctor any of these headlines here. Uh, Princeton study backs end times Gog and Magog uh, war prophecy. That was an article that I found off the internet. Uh, simulation predicts 90 million casualties possible within hours. Now, breaking Israel news reports, a new Princeton study backs up the biblical account. Princeton University's program on science and global security concludes that the Gog battle is a realistic scenario. The study uh, forecasts the toll of a massive nuclear war. Personally, I don't think it's going to be any nukes involved, but uh, nevertheless... Even, even the, the pagan world sees this as a strong possibility. I don't believe it because Princeton study came up with it. I believe it because the Bible tells me so. Now, we see all these COVID restrictions, and I think this is a preparation for the tribulation. Vaccinated versus unvaccinated. So they're dividing us between the, the, the vaccinated and unvaccinated. Our government and the mainstream media are blaming the unvaccinated for the overload in our hospital and for spread of Omicron, even though the data does not show that to be true. Oh, they don't care about the data. They are using this virus to shame and divide, much like the Nazis did the Jewish people. <clears throat> so some have compared the, the Holocaust versus the present times. Not that the present times are anywhere near the Holocaust, but similar trends are developing. Shortly before the Holocaust, Jews were banned from parks, restaurants, and swimming pools. On February 1st, the parliament in France is voting to make it where only the vaccinated can participate in public life, such as restaurants, theaters, etc. I think they've dropped a lot of that over there. Uh, special identity cards, different from everyone else, were issued to Jews in order to shop. In Sweden, they're proposing that everyone is implanted with a microchip so that when one goes to the grocery store, theater, etc., that person's vaccine status is available. All over the world, we see this mass cohesion to get everyone vaccinated, and if they do not comply, then they take away rights to live openly and freely in society. And this sounds similar to what we read in Revelation 13, 17. Not saying it's the same thing. It's the first time in this country we've trended toward that.
kind of thing is, is my point. Saying that they could not buy or sell unless they had the mark, which is the number of his name. The vaccine is not the mark of the beast. All these mandates are for the purpose to prepare people to accept a future mark of the beast in the tribulation after the rapture. And, of course, most people in the United States are getting the shot regardless. So we live in a post-Christian culture, and the West is moving away from its Judeo-Christian beliefs, which is making the world more evil and sets us up for accepting the Antichrist. Just thought I'd throw that picture in there from the other day. Who has ever seen a president with this kind of background? Who thought this up? Look at that. Got Marines in the background. And, and, well, it's just amazing to have that kind of a background, like he's some dictator up here. And that that was from last week. (laughs) And I thought this was funny. Uh, down in Australia, early on, they had the strictest regulation on that. And three young people escaped from the quarantine camp that didn't have the uh, vaccine. And one was 14, one was 16, and one was 18. And they were able to escape for a day until they caught them again and brought them safely back into the quarantine camp. Isn't that crazy? What do you th- look, look at that. Who has a quarantine camp like that already built? I think they've got some of these things in the United States already. And, uh, well, I mean, it's a, it's a setup for the, at least the tribulation, if not before Uh, Last month, the United Nations unveils a statue in New York City headquarters resembling a beast from the book of Revelation. Isn't that amazing? Look at that guy. Why would you want a statue of something that looks like that? The globalist uh, fanatical quest for a one-world government, January 17th, 2022, by any measure, the global elite's decades-long quest for a one-world government is exceedingly far from American ideas. No kidding. And, you know, here's an example. A top New Hampshire conservative targeted by child services for giving his son Ivy Mectrin. You know, one of the New Hampshire's leading political conservatives is fighting to keep his children from the state child protection service agency after giving his 13-year-old son Ivy Mectrin. So the government's got to come in and take their children away from them or something like that. You know, this is the kind of stuff that's going on. Globalization's coming golden age. Why the crisis ends in connection. So the roaring globalization of the 2020s, Harold James says a new golden age of globalization is approaching. Golden age, isn't that wonderful? A Princeton professor explains why the current crisis, like past crisis, could trigger a new push for globalization. Well, it is. Global treaty is needed to protect states from pandemics, says world leaders. Joint letter signed by Boris Johnson, Emmanuel Macron, and Angela Merkel. That's England, France, and Germany. And others warn nobody is safe until everyone's safe. I've heard that. That 
means we all have to get the vac vaccine. So here's a CEO on a mission to create global citizens. And if not now, when? COVID-19 spurs global push to tackle the wealth gap. That's communism. That's <laughs> what they're pushing. The massive injection of fiscal and monetary stimulus and ideas such as one-off taxes on the rich and basic income support for the poor potentially set the scene for the biggest egalitarian shift since generous welfare states emerged in Western Europe after World War II. And so, you know, you've got to have the government uh, be the source for everybody's income. Globalization is no longer business as usual. Coronavirus has changed how the world works. So, Gordon Brown, the former prime minister there in Britain, calls for a global government to tackle coronavirus. And uh, he, he talked about the 2008 bank rescue suggests task force of leaders and health experts. There he is. He urged uh, that they should create a temporary form of global government to tackle the twin medical and economic crisis caused by COVID-19 pandemic. Temporary? If they get this in, it'll never be temporary until Jesus returns. <clears throat> Watch out, Germany's on the rise again. Germany's attempting to construct a fourth Reich by pressing for a European Union federal union. According to Poland's deputy prime minister, whatever his name is, <laughs> leader of the nation's governing law and justice party. See, Poland, by the way, has had almost no foreign immigrants. They don't allow them into their country. So they have become a conservative country, whereas almost all the other European countries are influenced by all, all of these uh, Muslims and things like that moving into their European countries. And so Poland is kind of fighting the rest of Europe in this sense. So the Polish are right to be worried. Uh, Mr. Uh, Kaczynski made his remarks last week in an appearance with Polish media, noting the phrase Fourth Reich referred to the Holy Roman Empire's First Reich rather than the Third Reich of national Nazis in Germany. According to uh, Koren Zitsu, the Polish uh, traditionalist stated if his fellow countrymen agree to a greater federalization of the European Union, we would be humiliated in numerous ways. He said such a change to the EU would equate to Poland's, Polish people's modern slavery. And uh, this is that book we wrote back in 96 called The Coming Cassius Society. And I just thought I'd throw this other picture in from London, a tattoo shop called 666 Tattoos. I just like to throw that in, you know. So here's our friend Klaus Schraub. Most of y'all, I'm sure, have heard of this guy. Look who is pushing for a new world economy. It's happening. Get ready. So the World Economic Forum. How many of you heard of the World Economic Forum? Yeah. Well, wants you to know that there's nothing sinister about its globalist master plan, also known as the Great Reset for a New World Order. 
It says so in a promo video released to coincide with its annual Davos uh, Summit, which is taking place online this week, and that was about three months ago. In the video, the World Economic Forum admits that some people think the Great Reset sounds more like a nefarious plan for world domination. wonder who those people are. <clears throat> so Klaus Schraub, he's head of this. He's 80 years old, so, I mean, the Antichrist is not going to be 80. I don't know. It's not going to be an 80-year-old guy. Uh, has penetrated the cabinets of governments, and something like 80% of the governments come to this conference every year. 80% of the world, people from the world's government. Guess which country has the largest representation? The United States. So Schraub, the head of World Economic Forum, said that Angela Merkel and Vladimir Putin have been young global leaders. Putin's young, I guess compared to 80. <clears throat> Uh, young global leaders of the World Economic Forum. He said that they are very proud of the young generation, like Prime Minister Trudeau, there, there he is from Canada, and President of Argentina, because the World Economic Forum has penetrated the cabinets of their governments and is more than half of Trudeau's cabinet for global leaders of the World Economic Forum. Probably Canada has the highest percentage there. Look at that. How about a holy Bible with the sickle and hammer on it? Cambridge Press. Critical race theory translation. Translation. <laughs> you can't, there's no way to translate from the Greek and Hebrew critical race theory. <laughs> it's not there. It's not a translation. So, Eurosceptic uh, alliance to fight creation of European superstate. <clears throat> and this is a friend of mine, Soren Kern, who lives in Spain. Uh, he's an American. In fact, he's from Wisconsin originally. And he says, he, he writes on international issues and important newsletters and things. And he says, there's a growing threat that seeks to transform the European Union into an ideological charged federal superstate, a corporation which disregards national identity and sovereignty, and therefore democracy, plurality, and the interest of citizens of the nations that form the Union. This drift endangers the Union itself by moving away from the Christian European ideas on which it is founded, and we should cooperate and join forces to protect Europe from enforced ideologies and anti-democratic drift that are leading to its downfall. And that's a joint statement from Madrid in January 29th, 2022. So here is some opposition to it. Leaders of the European conservative and populist parties met in Madrid on January 28th, 29th of this year to build a unified political front aimed at defending traditional Judeo-Christian values so there is blowback coming from the Christian community in Europe. It's good to know. Rapture will change that. <clears throat> and the sovereignty of European nation states. The so-called Madrid summit marked an important milestone in efforts to create a, a continent-wide allegiance to fight federalist, globalist, and anti-democratic drift in the European Union. 
So the signatories said that the EU has become a tool of radical forces that are determined to carry our civilization transformation of Europe. They accused conservative establishment parties in Europe of having abandoned traditional Judeo-Christian values and of aligning themselves with leftist positions for political gain. Now, I think the European Union is some kind of forerunner to what will develop into the Antichrist uh, situation. There is Bill Gates, February 6, 2022. Vaccines are the best way to depopulate. So he said it out loud. And I think he, he goes on in this article to say we need to get rid of 50,000 people a week to get the earth. This is their solution, depopulate the earth. So the elite are left. He admits that the vaccines are the human depopulation. According to him, to stabilize the world, we need 350,000 people to be limited per day. I'm sorry I underestimated him. I misrepresented him. Sorry about that. We need to get rid of 350,000 people per day. How did they, they let that out? I don't know. But So Russia has recruited several thousand Muslim Hezbollah Syrian troops to assist in their campaign to pump, pummel Ukraine into submission. How many of you heard something like uh, 20,000 Americans went over to help Ukraine? Well, Russia's sent, getting... 40,000 Hezbollah, over 40,000 Syrians reportedly registered to fight for Russia in Ukraine. So they want to travel to Ukraine and fight for Russia, according to the Syrian Observatory for Human Rights, a Syrian non-government group. The group said Monday that no fighters had left Syria so far, and that was uh, back in March. The stage is being set for Gog and Magog invasion. And we see it talked about in Ezekiel 38. And because it's an invasion of Ukraine, Russia has become the pariah nation of too much of the world. Russia, speculating here, would immediately gain a host of friends if it took up the mantle of Mideast Islamic nations who have long declared as their objective to drive Israel into the sea. So this may be what they're going to do next, perhaps. The Arab Islamic proxy soldiers who are joining Russia in the invasion of Ukraine have aligned themselves with Russia already tight allegiance with Syria, Turkey, and Iran. This is a clear signal of the Russian-Islamic alliance, which is destined for Ezekiel's prophecy to turn and target Israel in the latter years. By the way, that term last days or latter years in the Old Testament usually refers to the tribulation period. Russia, land of Magog, already has a clear path to enter Israel out of the remote parts of the north with its footprint in Crimea, Georgia, Turkey, Iran, and Syria. So are we living in biblical times? This is once again a headline. I didn't make this headline up. Uh, What scripture says about Gog, Magog, and Russia chaos? That's from March 2022 article. So are the end times upon us, this article says, are Russia's actions part of the eschatological landscape? What does it mean? These are just some of the pressing questions for us. 
So is the chaos in Ukraine part of the end times? No one knows, but considering ongoing international issues surrounding Israel, Iran, and Russia, you can bet many Christians and theologians are closely watching. And here's something from December saying 311 athletes uh, have serious cardio arrest from taking the shots. 177 dead after the COVID shot. You can watch, go on the internet and watch videos of dozens of these guys, like soccer players mainly, killing over and dying on the field. That's not on the 6 o'clock news around here. This is from the White House. It said a fact sheet. And this is March 2022. President Biden to sign executive order on endorsing responsible development of digital assets. Now, this paves the way for doing away with the dollar and going to a digital thing where they can devalue it every day if they want to. And so if, if you're a person that has a lot of savings, that's going to really hurt you. Biden taking massive step, and so this is, now he's, he's actually signed that, that was predicting it, put Americans under a digital dollar. President Joe Biden signed an executive order on Wednesday directing the Federal Reserve to explore the options of creating its own digital currency. I mean, this is what we expect during the tribulation. The Boston Fed and MIT unveil a model for electronic cash as policymakers mull whether to launch it. Researchers say the prototype can handle 1.7 million transactions per second. Isn't that great? That, you know, that means that if you're at the grocery store and you're making transaction, it can handle all over the United States 1.7 million transactions per second. So it, it's got the capacity to deal with everything digitally, you see. Some members of the Fed are continuing to explore the launch of its own digital dollar as the Federal Reserve Bank of Boston on Thursday unveiled its first attempt at designing an electronic form of cash. So the Center of Disease Control Data Signaling Vaccine Catastrophe. It only took 32 deaths to halt the 1976 shot campaign. By the way, I I read, how many of y'all have had a polio vaccine? I remember getting the sugar cube when I was a kid. Do you know that five years before we did that, they had a vaccine and a lot of people died from it? It was only about two dozen, and they quit, and they worked on it for another five years on the polio vaccine, which is always cited as the example of how wonderful vaccines are, you see. Well, it it didn't start out that way, you see. And I remember uh, about second grade, when I was in second grade or something, we went over to the school and got a sugar cube thing. And, and, and there was a girl that lived across the street from me that had polio back in those days. So, but now, despite the VARS <coughs> database run by the Center of Disease Control, the FDA reporting more than 23,000 deaths related to COVID-19. And this is February the messaging from the establishment media in the top. So Brownstone research founder warns a cashless society is coming. And I, I'm not going to read the thing, but they, they might use the great reset 
to implement that. Just a nice little picture here. So Amazon rolls out pay by palm hardware at Whole Foods. Now my wife and I grew up in Austin, Texas, where Whole Foods began. I remember there. And, and actually there are a bunch of hippies that started that. And the guy that just sold it to Amazon apparently has become a conservative because <laughs> he's upset with a lot of the stuff that Amazon's doing with Whole Foods now. So uh, Amazon said it's rolling out biometric technology in its Whole Foods stores around Seattle starting on Wednesday. This was in April last year, letting shoppers pay for items with a scan of the palm. And I got this today. This guy over in Scotland was, uh, well, he said, I love my school, but I am here today because I would not call a boy a girl. A teacher who refused to use student gender neutral pronouns condemns insanity as he is jailed in Ireland. Enoch Burke said, transgenderism is against my Christian belief. It is contrary to the scriptures. No kidding. So this guy over there in Ireland is put in jail as a teacher. And he's teaching advanced math and science and those guys. He's no dummy. RFK Jr., CIA-led military response to pandemic, was meant to drive democracy from the world and usher in global totalitarianism. And you're not going to believe this, but Robert Kennedy is totally against a lot of these trends. The son, not of John Kennedy, but of Robert Kennedy, yes. So what's this video? You think about this. I got expelled from Instagram because of vaccine misinformation. But Instagram and Facebook cannot point to one single erroneous statement that I ever made. Everything we post is vetted, it is sourced and cited to government databases or peer-reviewed publications. When they use the term vaccine misinformation, they are using it as a euphemism for any statement that departs from official government policies and pharmaceutical industry profit-taking. It has nothing to do whether it's true or false. It only has to do with what the political implications are. And who is doing this censorship? It's government officials in league with Bill Gates, with Larry Ellison, with Mark Zuckerberg, with Sergey Brin from Google, and with all of these internet titans. There, they have engineered not only the destruction of our democracy and our civil rights, but they have engineered the biggest shift of wealth in human history. $3.8 trillion from working people to these handful of billionaires, many of them from Silicon Valley. This pandemic has impoverished the world and created 500 new billionaires. And those are the people who are strip mining our economies and making themselves rich. And is it a coincidence 
at these the same people who are censoring criticism of the government policies that are bringing them trillions of dollars. People aren't stupid. We can see what's happening. We can ask the question, qui bono? And the answer is the people who are benefiting are the people who are squeezing away our constitutional rights and engineering the destruction of democracy worldwide. So Biden ramps up attack on religious freedoms under the First Amendment. We all know that. And uh, he's chosen the radical left of religious liberty. Biden and Democrats' vaccine mandates impact religious Americans. So the European Union Vaccine Injury Database System reports, and this is from uh, about nine months ago, 18,928 dead and 1.8 million injuries from uh, the COVID-19 jabs. So uh, Fauci and Walensky dodge when asked about numbers of vaccine deaths. Uh, Tommy Tupperville, a senator from Alabama, asked, and he wouldn't tell, they wouldn't tell him. So in the UK, the vax are dying at six times higher rate than the unvaxed. The US vax have 18% higher death rate. So this is Lord Mockton from England, and his statement is too long for me to play, but he's talking about global government and how the world back then... And what are we doing instead? Uh, is moving At Copenhagen. Right. He, he talked about how by, uh, Obama signed us and put us in some global relationship even back then. Kissinger calls for a new world order. What a surprise. Uh, here's Klaus Schraub. School for COVID Dictators, plan for reset. He is the German engineer and economist, best known as the founder and executive chairman of the World Economic Forum. And uh, he has, his goal was to have global government by the year 2030. Last year, they moved it up because he said they were doing so well to 2025. And uh, here's a picture of him, and there's his hero there in the corner, as you can see. Communist, of course. Former Pfizer employee declares COVID vaccine is the bioweapon, and Fauci is enriching himself with the pandemic. And here's something from Fox News. The Smithsonian has unveiled a futures exhibit at their Arts and Industries building. Now, it may not be a future any of us care to visit. According to Just the News, one kiosk asks visitors, when might there be a single global government? You can choose between 10 years to never. Now, my question is, why what? would an American institute funded by taxpayers suggest that a one-world government is ever an acceptable vision of the future? Who would plant that idea in the minds of tourists and children and visitors? It's crazy. Wait, did George Soros fund this exhibit? If you look close, does this say, the, brought to you by the kids behind the Great Reset? Is that what it says? So the second big name in Biden administration backs a global tax, Janet Yellen. What a surprise. And I just thought I'd throw that in. Found that uh, on the internet. Right. 
Europe's worrying a surge of anti-Semitism, and, and so there's, this, as I've already mentioned, this huge increase. Hate is on the rise. Anti-Semitism surges on America's far left and right. I got this off the Internet today. Uh, hate is on the rise, so it, it's coming out. One in four American Jews say that they have been targets of anti-Semitism in the last 12 months. Four in ten American Jews have changed their uh, behavior out of fear. Four out of ten of all Americans have personally witnessed anti-Semitic incidents. Eighty-two percent of American Jews say anti-Semitism is on the rise uh, over the last uh, five years, and only 44 percent of the general public believe that to be the case. Now, it's because Israel's going to be the focus during the trip, isn't it? Yes. Just thought I'd throw that little uh, cartoon in. You should de-escalate. Biden. There's then Germany in 1939 and now in France. I tried, did I say that right? France uh, in 2009. My son was uh, for a year and a half at a church a mile from the Berkeley campus in California. He was assistant pastor and head of the student ministry at Berkeley for that church. And he was walking on Mondays. He goes, and the students come and talk with him on campus. And he was walking there, and the Jews had set up a, a table in which they were handing out flyers about their Jewish organization. And the Muslims came and took it over. And see that girl there with the Israeli flag around her? And, and some right before this video starts, my son had saw, seen a Muslim hit a Jewish girl like that right in the face. So he pulls out his camera. Jesus movement began in 1968 on the Berkeley campus. My, how things have changed. So I'll burn the building down, a man in New York City allegedly says what he'll do to Jewish bagel shop if it flies an Israeli flag. So Israeli policeman wants, a politician wants the third temple. I don't want it to build in one or two years. He wants it now. So we request you, brethren, with regard to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him that you may not be quickly shaken from your composure or be disturbed either by a spirit or a message or a letter as if from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Let no one in any way deceive you, for it will not come unless the, I believe the correct translation is departure there. Uh, and I... Uh, all English translation, the first 11 or so English translations, as well as the uh, one by Jerome in the late 390s, translates apostasy as departure. They created the word apostasy back in the 1600s, and that is a transliteration 
of the Greek word departure, you see, depart from the faith. Uh, And it's often used that way, but as a verb in 12 of the 15 times it's used for like Christ departing from the Garden of Gethsemane. And so I think that that refers to the rapture. And then the man of sin, of lawlessness, will be revealed, the son of destruction. So that's what we're looking for. We're not looking for the Antichrist as non-pre-tribulationalists are. We're looking for Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you have a plan for history. And we see in America here, at one time the most Christian nation in the history of the world, even our wonderful country is going down. And it looks like we're headed toward that time. And I just pray that our response would be not just to get upset or down, but to increase our evangelistic outreach even more as we see the day drawing near. And so we pray that you would be with us to that end. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you.